everybody to the Coach B Show, powered by Dash Radio and the Island City Media Group, Island City TV, Island City Gaming, Island City, Island City, Island City, where the beach meets the streets. Did I say Island City enough? But thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Coach V Show, your Hollywood personal development and professional development radio show. We are featuring the Sisavai Gray, Uyangalele, who's the only actress it is that I know, right, that's in Polynesia, other than the man, The Rock, you know, Dwayne Johnson, holler out to The Rock, and we're just going to be sharing her experiences as we just reflect and touch on having this audacity to dream, and then, you know, regardless of feeling unqualified or this imposter syndrome that you still, in spite of that feeling of the haters, the naysayers, and your own self-doubt that you in spite of that you move towards the destiny of what it is that is the calling in your heart. She's going to be dropping some major life lessons. And again, the only person it is that I know in terms of me being connected to um, that has been on like Grey's Anatomy, Hawaii Five-O, other projects that are reaching out. And now her kids are growing, doing their thing. And him, her and her husband are really reaching out and going after it in the Hollywood scene. Thank you for tuning in. Now a word from our sponsor, peace. Souls is more than just for saving your floors. It also prevents heel bruises and pains from unbalanced cleat. Hi, my name is Daniel Bruckner. I'm a private practice uh, pediatrician here in Southern California, as well as the chair of pediatrics at um, uh, Providence Cedar sinai Tarzana Hospital, and a good friend of Wendy's and also the pediatrician of her children. And I'd like to uh, take this time to support her product, Souls. Um, I think it's an amazing product that will benefit children greatly. And uh, every day we see kids come from soccer practice, things like that. They don't want to uh, take off their cleats, so they come in and, and I've seen uh, accidents, I've seen sprained ankles, I've seen hurt heels, and I think that this Souls product will really uh, help uh, prevent those from happening, uh, not only as a pediatrician, but also as a consumer. I can't wait to get the product for myself and for my children. I think it's something that should be owned by every athlete across the country, and um, I really hope that uh, everyone goes and buys it and enjoys it. Thank you. Souls will have memory foam and TPE mesh that will wrap around the cleats. After showing my product to my professional friends, I realized one thing. This isn't a product people want, it's a product people need. Souls, taking you from the cleats to the streets. Welcome to the Coach V Show, your Hollywood radio show for personal development with expert insights and interviews to help you, me, and we work to be our best and live our best lives. An offering for your consideration with my esteemed guests and those that I feature, these success frameworks, life lessons, and behavioral models that if you should find value in them, that you subscribe it all over and deploy it all over. Subscribe and deploy it all over your life, leadership, and business. Today, we have Sisa Gray Uyangalele, who is our featured guest. And ever since she was a child living in Samoa, Sisa has had that unction inside of her to become an actress. When she wasn't dreaming of becoming an actress, she was sketching fashion designs in her notebook, always creating and always dreaming. Like most young Samoan children, Sisa did what made her parents happy, which was to go to school and get a degree, but not in the arts. It wasn't until after Sisa had her children and graduated from the University of Hawaii 
that she dared to allow herself to explore that nagging desire to become her dream and an actress. And she did. Today, she says one of the few U.S. Uh, Samoan-based actors to appear in nationally televised shows such as Grey's Anatomy, Hawaii Five-O, NCIS, um, Las Vegas, S-M-I-L-F, C-S-I, Las Vegas, and many more. Through the mission of We Are Samoa Gala, CISA's passion is to inspire the young Samoan child who is where she was many years ago to dare to dream and to make that dream a reality. Welcome to the show, CISA Gray Uyanga Lele. CISA, great to have you on the show. Thank you for coming on. Thank you so much for having me, Brother V. I appreciate the time, man. Um, it's humbling to be here. Um, I, again, I've seen Brother Steve Fitza up in here, and I absolutely loved, loved that interview. I love Steve. Oh, my gosh, such a great man. And what you guys are doing, what you're doing is simply necessary for our community to be more out there and um, people to see what we're doing in the communities because it's right. so... Um, it's put off to the side. So this is so awesome. Thank you, Brother V. No, thank you so much. So uh, you're, you're my first actor, actress uh, to be featured on the show. And, and more so because of all the things it is that I speak and train on is to succeed and achieve, but translate that success and achievement mm -hmm. to peace, happiness, fulfillment, love, and family time. I've watched you from afar for over a couple of years now, and to see what it is that you and your husband got going on, your Uyangalele side of the family, what you guys are doing with sports, war sports family. So please, uh, just let us know, what, what's the genesis point of CISA? What's your genesis point? In Samoa. Samoa growing up as a little girl. Um, I gave you that bio. That bio was off of our We Are Samoa Gala handbook. You know, when people ask me for a bio, I'm like, let me find one. I'm like, I don't have one. <laughs> so my sister was awesome enough. You know, she's written up our bios for the gala. But the genesis for Sisava I Gray, We Are Lelei, starts off in Samoa. Picture this a little girl, scrawny, with a hair bowl haircut. I mean, bowl haircut. Ma right. was an uh, amazing stylist, but somehow our hair is translated differently. I don't know what it was, <laughs> but um, it started off in Samoa. You know, my dad is a musician. He's one of the last few legendary musicians alive in Samoa, from Samoa. And he had his studio, you know, always playing in such great quality. The Rat Pack, Frank Sinatra, mm. uh, Sammy Davis Jr., all these amazing musicians of the 40s, 50s that I've grown to love, my kids have grown to love. And we would listen to it and fell in love with it. And we would always go to the um, video store up in Samoa, Schuster video store. And we would just scan the whole area, which is not that big. It's a store in Samoa. And gravitated always towards the musical section, besides the comedy section. It was the musicals. Mm -hmm. And we would just always rent out all these big musicals and fell in love with it. But within these musicals, I saw Elvis. I saw Frank Sinatra. I saw, um, what do you call, all these musicians that dad was listening to. And I was confused. I said, wait a minute. These guys are in films. This is weird. So I would watch them and and I gravitated towards the art of acting immediately, mm. of storytelling. And it's not even acting. I didn't realize that this thing was fake. You know, I was 
so in love with it and drawn into it that, you know, after school from St. Mary's Savalalo, you know, I would come with my girlfriends, a couple of my friends from school and go to dad had a club over there in Samoa. And we would go there daytime, no one's there and just have fun on the stage and make believe pretend and I would do it all the time, everywhere, everywhere. I mean, my mind was constantly imagining. And that's the one thing that I appreciated being a daughter of a musician of a an artist mm. um so even growing up you know people would laugh when i tell them things and for instance i played basketball all through high school and, and through high school i would watch pass by sister uh jose's drama class and i would always be so fascinated and i always tell myself sisa go ask go ask but there were a lot of Palangi girls in there. There were mm. so like non-Polis in there. I only had one Samoan friend in there, but she was like Afkasi. So she gravitated more towards the other side. But I was, I was so intrigued by it that it took me a while to get to practice every single day because I fell in love with it. But people would ask me, so you play, play basketball? You play basketball even a year in college? I said, yeah, I did. I acted like I was a basketball player. Mm. Like I would visualize it every moment. So it was a great time um, as an athlete, but my heart always gravitated towards the arts. That, that is awesome. So, so introduce us please um, to, to your parents and, and, and that whole deal, like your, your, your dad and being influenced by that. What are the life lessons by that? And please introduce the audience and all of us that are tuning in into who your family is. So dad is, um, oh, he's so amazing. He's Jerome Gray Fanan, Jerome Fanana Gray. And he is, he <sighs> penned the unofficial Samoan anthem, mm. We Are Samoa. And dad traveled everywhere for his country, even traveled all the way to, in the 70s to um, 80s actually, 1980, to bring the song We Are Samoa to the White House. Um, he traveled Europe, he tra traveled Japan with Manu Samoa to showcase our country. And he dedicated so much for the love of his people and the love of his home. So as artists ourselves with kids, as kids, we do the same. We're all in the entertainment business somehow. And we always carry uh, proudly our Samoan people with us. Uh, and I think it's because of dad and his example. Mom, she is amazing. We, uh, mom went home to be with our Lord in 2019. She was a daughter of a well-off well Samoan businessman in American Samoa. And mom was the first to own a salon in American Samoa. She was a hairstylist. Mm -hmm. She was also a, um, a painter. A lot of her big artwork hung in um, grandpa's restaurant, an elite restaurant he had in American Samoa called Solis. Mm. So mom's artwork, would you'd see it hang there. Mom was also a dancer. She was a part of the dance group that danced for grandpa's restaurant. Um, mom was a, a singer, amazing singer. She was amazing at a lot of things. And, and mom sacrificed it all for her dad. She gave it all up for her dad to, uh, mm to back him up and to support him and to follow him. And, you know, just encouraged him and everything from the get-go, literally. I have never met a, a woman that selfless to put aside all the, the gifts that God had blessed her to follow her husband. So I, 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 I'm amazed at what my mom did, but that's who my parents are. 
And we're so thankful for the sacrifices that they've made for us kids to be where we're at today. Right. Siblings, introduce us to your siblings. My siblings, we have an older sister, Juliet uh, Gray Figarski. She's up in Australia. Uh, our heart breaks because she wasn't able to be here for the gala, but we are always in touch with our sister. She's the oldest. Then we have Tini Fuloa, known as Loa Grayson. He's an artist himself, a musician, um, also a writer and an actor as well, coming into the field. I'm so proud of him. Uh, my, sec my third sibling is Anamativa Gray Numata. She is the brains of our family. I love her so much. She carries us so, uh, she brings all our ideas together and manages to filter them all out and establish a core strong foundation. Um, she was the lead in our gala and we're so thankful and blessed to have her. Um, and then my fourth sibling is Telmata Gray. He is a musician himself. He is the guitarist of Common Kings mm -hmm. and the brat in the family that we love so dearly because uh, that dude is a character. He brings. <laughs> I follow you know, him on Instagram. That we dude. can't be together in the same room. We we can't. We can't. <laughs> we'll either kill each other or tickle each other. Other <laughs> tickle each other to death. But um, yeah, no, Matsa and I we have the sense of humor from our father, which can be a little too much. Um, so no, I love my siblings. They're also each amazing and strong in their own you know, identity. And my sister, Julie, she's actually up there in Australia, owns her own business with her husband. And um, yes, a mother to two beautiful children. So they're all amazing. That's awesome. So, and, and we're already connected. You already mentioned Steve Fafita. Shout out to brother Steve, Coach Fafita, brother man, Steve. for former, former feature on, on the show here. And then all of these folks that you're talking about, like your, your mom and your dad, wow. I mean, those are some folks that have gotten after it and really paved the way for themselves in their, in their own lives that's still rooted in family and culture. Absolutely. Talk about how, how that modeling from your parents and being around siblings that get things done and that are all about it. How did that yes. form the, the Sisavite Gray that, that it is today? Man, family is so important to us. Well, you know, we were raised in a Christian home. So God first, always family second and then everything else. But family is so valuable to us growing up because it's the foundation of everything. You know, mm -hmm. you can do all of this and, and, and be in, in, in the industry you're in, the marketplace that you've called to be in, mm. but go back. You know, your family is what keeps you grounded. You know, of course your faith first, always. The faith is key to that. But your family is where you come and you're reminded about that. You're so reminded of, um, hey, you know, stay grounded, stay grounded. But uh, yeah, family is key to us. Culture, we carry um, proudly our, who, are, who we are as Samoans, but at the same time, too, we are just brothers and sisters to anyone and everyone that we come across, no matter what. Um, ethnicity, what culture, what race they walk walk from. Yeah, you totally have that vibe. I can't wait to meet you and your husband and the family. Same, awesome. brother. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> so please introduce us to uh, Mr. Uyangalele. I yes. see that, you know, Steve coached your son. And please introduce us to, to your nuclear family. Thank you for asking for my husband. <laughs> 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 my brother. 
no me without him. I kid you not. There is no mm. me without this man. Simon is the most selfless person in the whole entire universe in my eyes. You know, he is so selfless. Man, I don't even want to, it's going to make me um, shut a tear. He is amazing, V. I mean, yeah. gosh, people say you always marry someone similar to your either, you know, like your dad or your mother, but um, Timon is not a musician, although he tries to sing a tune, and I will always encourage him, you got it, babe, almost there, babe, <laughs> but he is a man that knows how to cook, he can build a house from scratch, kid you mm. not, he can build a car from scratch, he can execute any idea that you have and run with it. Um, he's a teacher, he's a teacher for special needs, mild to moderate kids. And he's never thought, he never thought he was going to be a teacher, but God called him there. And he was almost in the police academy. He jumped into the police academy, but my heart was so sad when he said that I didn't know how to take it. So, you know, the Lord transitioned him into a, as a teacher in Waipahu over there mm. in Hawaii first. And then now he teaches here in California. He loves it, but he keeps saying that. Retire me, I read it. I said, God didn't say so yet, so you gotta wait a little longer. (laughs) But he's amazing, amazing. I'm kidding, I'm not even kidding when I say he's he's such an amazing cook. When we were leaving Hawaii to move to California, I said, Beb, family mole, just know how to cook the poke and the mac salad and the lao lao. You already know how to cook all the other stuff. So those are the three things that remind us of home, of being Mm -hmm. in Hawaii. So yeah, he's an amazing man. And when I first, um, in Hawaii, when I first said, hey, I'm going to try this thing that's always been in my heart, uh, my best friends and I were sitting in my house in Pearl City, and we said, hey, guys, we're, <laughs> we're turning 30 here. We need to be serious. Of course, I was with the Kako Valley girls. We need to be serious here. What do we want to do that we've always wanted to do, but we've never had the balls to do it? So we all went in a circle and it was coming to my side and I'm like, dang it, I gotta say it. I, I wanna be an actor. And the girls started laughing at me. They were like, see, you're so funny, uh, actor. Okay. <laughs> Six months later, they came to my first production, theater production oh. in Hawaii and they cried. They were all tearing. They couldn't believe that I actually did what I said I was going to do. And then everything just started coming around and, and, and I had to prove it to my husband before I did the theater thing, I said to him what I was going to do. And I said, Ty, you know, I'm going to try it out and um, with your, your blessing. So he goes, yeah, go for it. And I had to do something from the get-go serious. There's only one professional theater in Hawaii, and that is the Hawaii Theater for Youth. So I had to go in there and see if I could get a job there. I was like, all right, let's go big or go home. I went and I auditioned for a spot. And what they do is they travel the different islands to bring theater to the youth. And I auditioned for this role, for a role. Came out, got the call. Time and, and I have babies. I'm like my first daughter. I have four kids and I'm my first daughter at the time. And I got a contract. My husband was shocked because never ever did I talk about acting. I had a contract. They gave me a contract and I would be traveling the islands to um, be a part of this troupe. From the get-go, I had to turn it down because I knew it wasn't possible with my baby. And um, from then on, I just planted my feet to whatever theater and whatever productions that were in Hawaii, which was only a few. As a mom, productions take up to three months 
of your time of your life. And he sac- I, he was amazing as a teacher. He sacrificed a lot for me to plant my feet as an actor um, and has been supportive ever since, ever since. I love it. Yeah, that's awesome. And the kids. So I see that you have uh, one of one of uh, Steve's D linemen going to the University of Arizona. Congratulations on that. Introduce us to the kiddos, if you don't mind. Absolutely. My oldest is Tayuta Great Uyangalele. She is at Concordia University. She plays water polo there and here at oh, Irvine. Awesome. Um, we're so proud of her. She's done so much with the little time that she's had in water polo. Uh, she is working to be a teacher. That is a, a great school with a degree in, in teaching. And a lot of school teachers here in our area, the county that we're in, all come from that school. So she was blessed and so excited to receive a, a scholarship over there to play water polo there. My son is the second one that is with Steve, Tsai Tsai, mm-hmm. He is uh, at Modern Day, but we'll be going over to the amazing coaches at um, Arizona. Coach uh, Nansen, Gofusi, and Hunley. I love them so much, my gosh. And Coach Man. Josh is over there. Mm-hmm. Love, love, love them. Um, constantly text each other, all of us. And my third child is Matsa Matsangi, great young He'll be going to modern day. And um, he's a basketball player. But like his older brother, he's going to try out ba- uh, football in his freshman year. So he started him a little bit early, but a few months early. Mm-hmm. So not much more earlier. So I told him, hey, better late than never. God opened that door for Tsai Tsai. Never know what he'll open for you. But he loves basketball. His heart is basketball. He plays for uh, Coach Jason and Coach McKnight over there for Big Red in modern day. And then my fourth baby, Manatua, great young Alele. She is a water polo player as well. And um, she is the queen of our home. You know how it is with the young one. So those are my four babies, besides my nieces and my nephews that I'm very close to. That's awesome. Four. Man, Martha and I, we wanted five. We had one. And we're like, okay, we got to rethink this. <laughs> we're in Boise, Idaho at the time. And it was just us up there. And then we had two. We had one boy, one girl. When we came back here to Sacramento, and we're like, oh, I think that's a wrap. One girl, like one boy, we're, we're good. That's awesome. Let's talk. Let's talk um, some real talk for some of the young folks or the single folks that are watching. You've already alluded to how important um, your parents and your your family that you were born into. Let's talk not being casual in your romantic relationships and end up with the wrong person. And let's talk. And you already alluded to it. But let's talk specifically about how casual relationships can be a lifetime of drama. And then like, we're very fortunate to meet some folks that we have done our give and take, our compromise and has sacrificed and or just prioritized the other person over themselves. How important a spouse is in life leadership and business. Cisa, please continue on that. Wow. V, thank you, man. Never ever was have I ever been asked these questions? So thank you. I always say like, hey, you know what? The head of the house is key, man. So important. And time is the head of our home. And and I couldn't have asked for anyone better than to have him as our our head. Um, You know, as we are parents ourselves, I know you guys, everyone's experienced being parents at a different age. We we parent Mm -hmm. at different ages. We have to wear different hats at different ages. 
to have a spouse to go off of and to to you know get gather strength from is so important because if you have different different values and and, and different outlooks on things it's mm-hmm. going to be tough you know but it's not impossible to make it work you know to eventually see eye to eye Simon and I we we, we have a lot of we butt heads on uh, not a lot of things. That's the funny part. We didn't, we mm-hmm. butt heads on a, not a lot of things. So through the years, we were able to, you know, just come together and, and find what it is that made us tick and whatnot and, and understood the other person's perspective. But our pastor, Ellie, man, he, he instilled and, 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 and says Becca, his wife instilled so much into us as far as being a couple. That is the foundation of your home. You got to find that oneness before you can even parent your children. And we were able to go through a lot with them, even to the point like, hey, we had to have some talks with our pastor. Like, you know, I'm calling Pastor Ellie right now. <laughs> no right. joke. Right. <laughs> he said, what's wrong? So, you know, those are like, gosh, only a few we can count on our heads that we would laugh at, but we, we, we had people surround us that kept us accountable, that encouraged us the right way, not taking sides way, not like, that's my family, you know, I don't know how they think way. It's got to be oneness together and, and, and how to, to work it out together for us to be parents and to love one another, first of all first and foremost that's how do we come together so through the years time and i've experienced so much as a couple that man we have loved each other through the thick and thin literally through the thick and thin mm. and as parents now we're vibing off of one another because of it like we 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 can we can honestly say like oh shoot we've never come across these waters mm-hmm. then we'll like regroup okay guys let us we'll feel it out but let's just work it together. Then we'll go on the side and tag team like, hey, so wait, we've never done this before. What do we do? You know, so those are moments we've gotten down as a couple. But, and again, it's not to say that we've never had the, the, the difficult arguments. My gosh, we have. Like everyone else, you have your difficult arguments. But the best part is making up. So take that for what it is and always come together. We try not to sleep on anything that makes us upset. There have been a few times where we have, and the next morning, we just feel like, hey, we, we each in our hearts to say, let me be the first one to apologize and so forth. So all mm. is good. All is good from that end. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think that especially for the younger groups that I'm really blessed to get in front of, whether that's high school or collegiate athletes mm-hmm. or collegiate kids, is that, you know, there's a difference between lust and love. There's a difference. And in long-term love, there's a congruence and alignment of values, faith values, um, re- uh, religious values, financial values, family values. And if there's a misalignment, lust cannot overcome that. But yeah. love will find a way to compromise. Right or wrong, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, 100% right. Lust is a moment is a mm. moment it's not there's no longevity in that at all none um you've got to fall in love with the heart and mind and spirit of the person um you know as my children are older i have two older ones and you know they're they, they have friends that they're mm-hmm. you know commune with and and we always share with them hey guys try to be friends first be friends mm. that way it's 
so much easier to navigate if this is the person I want to be with for the rest of my life, or maybe they don't want to be with you, you know? Um, and there's something special to say about being friends first. If your eyes, and, and you make decisions off of lust, I always say, hey, heed, heed the signs, <laughs> heed the signs. That's, yeah. I, I don't, I don't encourage that at all. I don't encourage that at all. I mean, I think all of us, even girls, you know, sometimes it's the girls like, oh my God, I like him, uh, but, you know, again, that's a lot of the times we're like, all right, guys, let's get it together, live life a little bit, then we'll come back to it. So, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I, and I'm speaking from my own experiences, like, you right. know, we all had our questions, that's a girl, I have so, so many questions, you know, like here and here. But when you, you find that maturity in yourself mm. and you start to reflect that maturity off of the person that you have an idea of who you want to be with for the rest of your life, it's gold, gold. Oh, yeah. And it'll last yeah. so long, so long and it'll be so beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Able to overcome struggles and all that. Man. Absolutely. So, so the main reason why I asked you on here and to be allow us an opportunity here at Island City where the beach meets the streets on the Coach V show where iron sharpens iron together we rise. You are the only actor, actress that I am connected to, right? Because like this Grey's Anatomy and Hawaii Five-O, let, let's talk that audacity to dream is what I call it in my first book, Life Champion, Life Lessons That Yield Championship Results. There has to be this audacity, not just self-belief. Yes, there's a belief in God and faith, but an audacity to say, not how, but why not me? Why not be, do, become, and achieve whatever it is that I want in life, leadership, or business? Talk about, am I even in the right realm? And what is it that motivated you and gave you the courage to try to go on to some of these blockbuster uh, you know, auditions and, and tryouts? Man, um, my dad, dad was always uh, in Samoa, hey, I don't know, you know, go be brave. Mm. And I think because of that space that we lived in and that environment that we lived in, seeing dad go out there and boldly sing in front of these uh, high-end officials sing in front of these countries sing in front of these big people we 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 caught the bug we caught yeah, the yeah. bug and and we were able to translate that in anything and you know when i first started oh man yeah I was not like, just Whoa. acting right and no, you said we were able to translate that into everything please continue the you know it's like the first time I ever had to try to translate my job into something else were my kids. Mm. When they were um, elementary school, they came, mom, we have this play. I mean, that was of course my, my lane, but then they said, mom, I wanna try out for student council. Uh, mom, oh my gosh, they had tryouts for, for middle school sports. That's tryouts for this, or, or you know, I have a orient, I mean, I have a uh, oral report that I have to do. I literally would always say, all right, guys, I would paint the picture in that perspective from my eyes as an actor, like what I had to do to prep myself into it. And it is across the board. You can use it across the board. It's everything. So just like dad, he was 
a man of so many talent, not just a musician, but he was able to translate that braveness that he would have and, and, and use that into whatever he would do. So I would tell the kids, hey, you go out there. And the biggest one were my two older ones, because my two younger ones are slowly coming up. I would tell Tayuta and Taitai, I'm like, hey, you go in there and you go hard. You put your head down, focus. Do not look at anyone else, because me, I'm like thinking of what I do. Do not look at anybody else's work focus on your own work, mm. gather the information that you need to, from the coach, from the teacher, from whoever, and then be able to translate that because they have to see that you're coachable, be able to take adjustments and ride it and just flow with it. So yeah, oh my gosh, it is necessary across the board, big time. And even going into friendships, you know, I would share with them, you know, just discerning, discern the people that you're around. Mm. You know, like I have to surround myself with like-minded people to be able to be carried and lifted and edified into the level I want to be in as an actor. Like I want to go the top, the highest, like, and, and direct and, and, and more. So you guys got to think to yourself as a, a student athlete or student, um, academic student, scholarship, scholar student, what do I need to do to get to that point? Who are the people I need to surround myself with to mm -hmm. better myself? What do I need to do daily? You know, it's that work ethic in between. And we're, we've been able to parent that way easily with Timon and his career and myself and my career, the kids and all of us, we're so close. Like we, I, I'm so blessed to have kids that we can sit and have conversations with. Yeah. And we are such a tight knit family that it makes me sad when they're going to leave, but I'm, in, I'm excited for it. Like go yeah. out there and be great. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So this audacity to dream. I'm, yeah. I mean, I, I forgot what day it was on when Grey's Anatomy used to come on, but like because my wife was all about Grey's Anatomy, I was all about Grey's Anatomy too, Love right? It. So it's like, what what kind of audacity and courage does it take for you to go and read script and audition for that? You know what? It's, it's just something in my heart. I knew from the get-go that this was my calling. I don't know, maybe weird. But I knew from the get-go that this was where I was called to be. Mm. When before Grey's Anatomy, I, my first television show was Hawaii 50. Right. But right after 50, you know, my husband and I had the talk and said, all right, the last one is going to kindergarten. You have to go to work, babe. I'm like, I know I do. I have to. We had a company where we were making stuff, Polynesian uh, accessories and clothing. And that was a part-time thing for both of us. So, you know, the younger one was going to school and, and he was saying, all right, it's time to, you know, hit the floor running here. And I said, to, and he asked me like, what are you going to do? What do you want to do? And I said to him, the, the, the Christmas of 2015, December, 2015, I said, babe, with your permission, I would love to go and take the acting full-time. And he's like, babe, go for it. All right, let's go. Let's do it. Right when I said it, man, the craziest thing happened. God opened a door, like a huge door, huge door. I got casted for a series regular role for a big show that shows right now. Right. I don't share it because I had written an NDA. <laughs> I had signed an NDA, but I had got casted. The biggest, uh, uh, I couldn't believe that God presented to me a series regular role, first of all. 
And I'm like, oh gosh, I said I wanted to go into acting. I didn't think this one was going to come right away. <laughs> right, right. And, you know, um, the journey itself was amazing because, you know, I, I, I just trusted and I went in there. And um, um, unfortunately, it was a role that I decided I didn't want to take because a couple of things came about that wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't what I, you know, the, th- the it wasn't the things that I signed up to be an actor to be an actor for. And I had to, I, I declined it um, after I had gotten the role. And it was, it was sad because you know, I lost a rep from that. I lost my first manager, which is fine. You know, all is great. All is, um, I, I try to maintain good relationships with everyone, no matter what, everybody has different views on things, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. the journey in itself was amazing. I have never been tested so much. I think I read it, went in to read seven times in the studio. It was a big studio up in LA. Um, and I was like, man, I'm getting, this is a lot. And it was because I was so wet behind the ears. They said they had to keep testing me. So they even tested me twice for the chemistry read with the lead of the show. And, you know, at the end, the lead of the show was saying, hey, when are you guys giving Cease of the Role? When are you giving Cease yeah, of the yeah. Role? But, you know, unfortunately it didn't work out and all is good, all is good. But after that, I thought to myself like, man, oh my gosh, am I gonna be blacklisted from Hollywood? This is it, you know? But, you know, God opened the door right away. I got an audition not so long after that. I was able to still be with my rep, my, my agent. And um, she says, hey, I got an audition for you if you're ready. And I'm like, okay, I'll come in. I'll read for it. What is it? It's a co-star role. And co-star, guest stars are bigger than co-star. And my guest star is for what show? She sent it to me and I'm Grey's Anatomy. I was like, I have never watched Grey's Anatomy. Right. Huh, all right. I said, I went there and it was weird. I was still in a down mode beat and I'm like questioning my walk and my where I'm supposed to be. And I'm here for co-star role. What, one line? Oh my gosh. So I'm sitting in there in the, the waiting room and I'm just like, so into my thoughts that I end up taking a nap. I fall asleep. And I tell myself, do not fall asleep. You've got to focus, even if it's one line, focus. So I fall asleep and then they're like, see, so great. I'm like, I got up. I'm like, oh my gosh, I got in there and I had to perform immediately. And I did it. And, and they're like, hey, can we do it a few more times this way, this way? And I, I did it again. And I left there thinking, man, that was the worst. I had, oh my, okay, this is definitely not for me. I am not <laughs> in the right place. God, what were you thinking? Two days later, they're like, so you got casted. I'm like, what? Oh my gosh, it was for a guest star role. I'm like, what? Wow. It was so, it was a testament for me to know that never to give up, regardless of what it looked like, and um, to keep just trucking, keep trucking forward. So it was a, it was a huge moment for me, um, that transition to, lo- to, to giving up a job and then questioning if I will ever work again in this town to getting a job. And, and, and then the doors just started to open and open and open. So. Right. I love I'm that. I'm so thankful. Thank it, you. It, <laughs> the first it, time it, I ever shared that. Maybe <laughs> it's so interesting because you could prepare, sacrifice and do all that you want. And, and then in the moment where your performance and execution is demanded, shit gets real and people fold or they can't or they can't perform at the level and 
right now in my field of personal development and professional development and corporate speaking is this term that goes around that's called imposter syndrome. Mm, it's feeling yes. like you're fake or you're going to get called out for something that you're not. Especially particularly for you going into Hollywood, did you ever face that and how or and what are some frameworks and life lessons that the audience can draw from when they feel that I call it this internal self-sabotage is what I call imposter syndrome, right? Or this lack of faith, subscribing to fear. How can people overcome that like you do when you walk in and you script read? You you actually walk away going, what? That was terrible. And then you're like, hey, you got this guest star role for you, right? Talk about that and how you, how now you walk differently because of that experience and dealing with imposter syndrome or what? what might be self-doubt, however it is that you categorize it or call it, CISA, please. Wow, you must be reading the same book that my best friend and I have been reading. <laughs> well, she's read it, she's sharing it with me. Imposter syndrome, we're always saying that, like, no, imposter syndrome, no, no. Yeah, so yeah. against that, you know, and, and we've had this talk where we're like, we've questioned ourselves, you know, and are we, are we sabotaging ourselves? Are we self-sabotaging? Mm -hmm. You know, we've, we're constantly asking that because, you know, um, one of my bestest friends, she's a designer and, and a realtor. And we always share with each other our walk. And we have deep conversations about things where, like, hey, this is where uh, I feel God leading me towards. But, you know, I have to make sure that I'm not, you know, messing this up myself and sabotaging myself to get where I'm supposed to be or, you know, sidetracked by another idea because, you know, not every idea is meant to be executed. Not every idea is meant to be executed. So self-sabotage, self oh, it is such a real thing, me. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I even had to question myself with a few auditions that I had gotten that were major. I would you know, quickly peek and see where it's being shot at. Oh my God, it will take me away from my family. Right. You know, I've had moments where did I sabotage that because I do not want to leave my family because once you get, you know, if, once you get locked into a show, especially for major roles, you are not there. And you know, for me, the, my family is a big thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There, And it was hard for me, you know, to, um, there was a season in my career where I would have this self-talk in my head. So he said, trust God, trust God. Don't get sidetracked by where they're shooting this show. Don't get sidetracked by where they're shooting this film. Don't get sidetracked. Just, and I felt in my heart, I was self-sabotaging. I'm not going to lie. I felt in my heart that I was self-sabotaging because I wasn't ready to go. And we had then COVID hit. Um, I had a moment where I know I was in a depressed mode, depressed mode. I had to face it. Uh, I put on so much weight. My food was poison, the poison that I needed. Food was constantly numbing me. And it was, uh, it was a way for me to get away from the reality of what I had. I didn't want to face, you know? Mm -hmm. So I had to gather myself and really have that self-talk and say, you know what? you got to be a big girl already cut that crap out Cisa. cut it out right be ready for what's to come you know where your calling is going to be and be ready for whatever it is and time always gives me his blessings he always says honey if you have to go you have to go and we'll make it work somehow so i have to trust i had to trust that and just be ready for that and be open to that um 
even my kids now, they would say like, mom, where is that shooting? And, and lately I've been shooting a lot in Hawaii, going back yeah. home. I've been shooting a lot back home. Right. And they would ask like, you know, even when I went, my first one away was Boston. I had to go shoot in Boston. And my daughter cried hard. It was so hard. As a mother, it is hard. And I'm sure as fathers, you know, mm. but my girlfriend, um, Stacy Leilua, you know, with Young Rock, you know, her and I have had the talk and it is hard for her to leave her family. And I tell her, I said, sis, I'm not in your shoes yet where I have to be somewhere for a long period of time away from my children, but I don't know how you do it, but bless your heart. And you are doing phenomenal. So I'm proud of you. And I, I'm not there yet, you know, where I'm going to be taken away. Thankfully, I'm here near LA where I can just drive up there and shoot the job. Yeah. But I have to prepare myself and no longer self-sabotage. I said, no more self-sabotage. Cut that out. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm obedient to where God's going to call me. And um, wherever he calls me, I know that I have a supportive husband that's ready to do what we have to do to um, make it work. I love that. And I remind my clients, whether they're one-on-one -on -one or corporate clients or agency, national agencies that I work with that are of faith, is that every single day, God qualifies the unqualified. Okay. Every day. And that's how you become qualified for stepping into situations that are out of your comfort zone and above yeah. your level of competency. And you qualify yourself and you forge your confidence by doing some stuff that you weren't really sure you could really exactly. do. Right. And all and all of us that has ever gotten to a certain level of excellence or professionalism within our, within our industries have all felt that. That's yes. a human behavior and emotion is feeling unqualified. But in spite of that, to now achieve your destiny, you must do it in spite of the fear, self-doubt, haters, negativity. It comes from your family, regardless Amen. of where the sabotage comes from. So good. In spite of that, you must walk into it. And regardless if you get casted or you fail or succeed, you will be okay. Because that's where self-sabotage gets most of my clients. Well, what if it doesn't happen? No, success and failure are the same road. They're, exactly. not two, they're not two different roads. This is the road everyone that's ever been successful in anything all walk. Am I in the right neighborhood or what you is are that? In you the right what are your thoughts? Everything. Tell me your thoughts, Cisa. Tell me your My thoughts. My gosh, the self-talk is necessary. The self-talk is so necessary because mm -hmm. no matter where you're getting the negativity from, you've got to be good with yourself. It's like... <laughs> Say that again. Say that again, Cisa, please. No, Say matter that. Where the, no matter where the negativity is coming from, the self-talk is key. Be like Wonder Woman. That thing is going to just bounce off of you, bounce off of you. And of course, you don't do it with your nose up in the air. Like, mm. you know, that's no, it's got to be coming from a place of humility and strength within yourself to know your worth, no matter what the world thinks, no matter what people are mm. saying, be okay with yourself. You know, I've had many, many, I mean, gosh, I don't know of another career. And I always tell friends of mine in this industry, I'm like, dude, I don't know of another career where we go out there and we put ourselves out there. We lay ourselves out there right. physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally in front of people and get judged. My yeah. gosh, yeah, it's yeah, the no toughest doubt. thing to do. But we do it on a constant basis because we're crazy to begin with. And second is we believe in ourselves. We believe in ourselves. It's the self-talk that we have. We oh, are. Yeah. And, and also the people that you surround yourself with, yeah. that is so important because you're going to have bad days. You're going to have bad days. It's not a question of if it's 
when. It's when you're going to have that bad day. You're going to not have the best, best talk to yourself. But then you have your friends and family that you know your go-tos. And it's not a big circle. It is not a big circle. It's literally one to two to three. Maybe three is pushing it. But one to two, three people that you have that is on that lifeline of yours that you call and say, hey, you know what? I'm in a bad place. I just need mm. some um, uplifting right now. I need some encouragement. Because I need that. I need that. I need yeah. that for somebody as positive as I am and, and, and always um, in a place of, I always put, put myself in a place of gratitude, humility. And um, I always got to have that reminder, like, Hey, I'm getting beaten up here because of my gratitude and my humility. Give me strength to stand up strong here, you know? And I'm yeah. reminded of like, Hey, you know, I, I know my worth. I know whose I am. I know what I'm built to do. And I know that I'm not here by accident. I, and I, there's something greater than what I'm doing right now that I'm called to do. So yeah, that self-talk is so key. So key. Oh yeah, no doubt. And, and, and really I, I do self-proclaim myself as a professional communicator because that's what I do a self self-proclaim yeah I haven't won any awards or anything (laughs) right but I do define effective communication as the sending and or receiving information in the way that it was intended and I found that the people that lack the ability to communicate on high levels has nothing to do with the information time place circumstance or or the who what where when how and why but their inability to effectively appreciate, be kind, and talk to themselves in a particular way, therefore negating their opportunities to to now effectively communicate with others. Because instead of saying, I can, I must, I will, I can, I will be all it is that I want to achieve, they're saying, maybe not me, maybe they're right. Maybe this isn't the time. I'm not ready yet, right? Which comes this this huge expression that I coach, teach, and train on that's not mine. This is what life leadership tells us all, right? Sisa, is that most of us feel like we need to learn the lesson and then get prepared and then take the test. But in life leadership business, being a mom, being a father, being a parent, being married, and being happily married, you take the test first. And that test teaches you the lesson. And as you learn those lessons and apply them and gain the wisdom and the word that you said that I love that's biblical, that's called discernment, right? Is then now you have a testimony because of all that you went through. As I say those things, what are your thoughts? Oh my gosh, you're absolutely um, on point. My, uh, we, it seems like when you are just thrown out there, the test comes first, like you yes, said. Right. The test is always first. I mean, I can describe so many times when I've been tested, not only in my career, but also as a, um, a, a wife, a daughter, uh, a sister, and a friend, a neighbor, call it what it is. Um, so many times we are all tested. It's... Mm. I tell my kids this and I share it with them. And it's always also a reminder for myself, be comfortable in the uncomfortable. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I want to find that shirt. Has anybody made that shirt yet? My gosh, it, <laughs> it's been said many times. I'm surprised nobody's made a shirt. Be, yeah. uncom- be comfortable in the uncomfortable because you're going to be tested. We are always tested left and right. It's never ideally we would love hey can i get the lesson first before i get the test no no, yeah, no. that's right it never works out that way but i think um the, the one great thing that can be taken taken away 
about being tested first is do you come out more stronger mm-hmm. i don't know what it is you come out a friggin uh just more thicker skin uh wiser um and 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 there's something to say about it happening organically that way versus yep. like, I give me the lesson. All right, so I'm expected what? Okay, got it. But there's something to say about it or happening organically because you get to know yourself too. You, you, you start to find out who you are as a person and what you can and cannot handle. Then you go back and say, dang, that was rough. What did I take away from that that I need to work on? Or what did I take away from that that, oh, I mean, I handled that pretty darn good. Yeah, so, right. yeah, that's there's right. something to say about um, being tested. Hi, I'll be right out there in just a second. Thank you. <laughs> um, <maybe. laughs> yeah. I'll be out there. No, no. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Something I about I, getting the test before the lesson. Yeah. And so this is what I've experienced. And tell me your thoughts. Um is that by failing and falling flat on my ass because I didn't prepare, because I didn't put in the work, I didn't do the pre-stuff that I needed to, and just being ignorant to the fact that it takes countless hours repetition to be able to be a professional and to be elite. I knew it in football, but now in the professional realm, I just thought that my talent would just take over right? But your anxiety increases with less preparation. And this is what I found when I failed. It increased my capacity to know what I could handle, that I became less judgmental, more forgiving, more grateful for the success, more able to connect with happiness in spite of the fear, self-doubt, negativity, or the drama it is that just walks into my life. Is that true or not true? What what do you you experience the same thing, Cesar? Yes, I have experienced the same thing. I mean, it is, you know, we had this talk with my siblings, you know, as we were gearing up for the gala and people, you know, we had interviews as a family um, and they had asked us, you know, about, you know, us as what we do individually and cohesively. So as individuals, like, what did we do to get to where we're, we, where mm-hmm. we're at? And modeling that for people because the gala was based on us raising funds for these scholarships and to letting kids uh, specifically Polynesian and specifically, you know, we are Samoa was our Samoan people as well, uh, to let them know like, hey, you know, find what it is that you know you're strong at or what you know in your heart that you are called to do and go and do it the best that you can. Right. All of us, there's three, like my, of the four siblings that are here, because Julie is in Australia, the four of us, the three of us of the four, Tini, myself, Anna, we each did not take the journey, the degree. We didn't get the degree mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. according to what we do now as a living. We didn't get that degree. We right. all ended up doing something different. Mata was the only one who went to music school and we all encouraged him. We're like, you're the youngest one, bro. You got this, go for it. Don't yeah, do yeah. what we did, but we were doing things to, you know, to satisfy not just our parents, but for us thinking it's the safe thing to do. Right. So, you know, Mata chased it and he chased it properly where he went to school for it. He got scholarships for it. He was able to make a career of it and he honed in on his gift. He honed in on his gift. Not to say that we did it, but now we have to do it. You know, we, we, we had a different journey. Everyone had a different journey. Right. But for me specifically, when I was going into what I'm doing, I learned the hard way where I just threw myself out there in the beginning. 
didn't know what the heck I was doing. Oh, pretend to be this character. Okay, I'll do it. Pretend, pretend, pretend. But as I got into it some more, I had to. I understood that I have to study my craft more. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to know the back, the background of the story. I know the backstory to this character, where she's from, what religion is she, what side of the tracks did she live on, um, how does she walk, how is her relationship with her parents. Who is she uh, married to? Is she even married? You know, all those things. Uh, then I had to start doing the, the work, but sometimes I, I don't know, like literally I would say like, I got so lucky to get a lot of these roles because I didn't understand that until later in my career. Um, I tell people like, I think I went to school a total of one year um, as an actor, put all those months together. I went to school for one year, one, because I didn't have the time as a mother too. It was because all my money was going to keeping four kids alive. Our money was keeping the four kids alive. So I had to do the best that I can at home and study through film, watching television, watching the great actors and actresses that are out there. But I had to do the groundwork. Like Mm -hmm. I got better as I honed in on the gift some more. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. So what is, and take a minute, because we're closing off the show here. We got about three or four minutes. Take one minute, please. He's about a gray, and please tell us, what's your message for the world? Be brave. Like dad tells us, just be brave, go out there and do the darn thing. What did he say? He says, be brave, um, have a brave heart, brave heart. Mm-hmm. And so um, um, being able to find it what it is that's in your heart and do some research on it. Do some research on it. Find out who it is that's in there that you might know within your community. And, and if there's nobody in it, branch out. Go YouTube University. <laughs> that is the cheapest thing out there. I always share with the kids, hey, go learn a, a new less new um, a new talent. Go on YouTube, find something, learn how to change oil. Let's go watch that, change <laughs> oil, uh, change a tire, all that good stuff during COVID. But my message to those out there, regardless if you want to be an actor or not, um, is to be brave and mm. and do it with kindness in your heart and compassion. There are so many people out there who are just stepping on everybody, getting to right. where they want to get and be where they want to be. And those are the same people that they burn so many bridges because mm-hmm. they've stepped on people to get to where they're at. I mean, yeah, there've been people who succeed, but they didn't succeed that long. It didn't last that long. That's high tower crumbled really quickly. Mm, you establish tall. such stronger relationships and, and you gain so much more um, support and love and encouragement from those around you when you do it out of kindness, love and compassion and caring about other people still before yourself. But there is no reason, there is no uh, coincidence that God placed that wonder or joy in your heart to do mm. something. Um, discern if it's right or wrong first you know you don't want to be like hey I want to do this but is it the right thing to do discern what it is and then go and and, and do it just do it be brave be brave and and um don't think you're gonna fail you because you are (laughs) don't think you're gonna fail you are gonna fail but you have to fail you have to fail in order to succeed 
And if you don't do it, you will always regret not doing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're going to become a mother. You're going to become a father. And then all the woulda, coulda, shouldas are going to hit you. And, and, and that, that doubt or that, that, that depression is going to feed through your children and your children's children and, and the people around you. So do it. Even if you have kids, even if you have kids, even if you're already like 50 years old, 60 years old, no matter how old you are, go and do it. You never know what the blessing is going to be around that corner once you do what God called you to do. Great message. So for anybody watching this that wants to connect with you, how, how do they do that? Uh, Facebook, Instagram, please give us your handles and let us know how people can reach out to you. Absolutely. Um, I am on uh, Instagram and Facebook at Cisa Gray, S-I-S-A-G-R-E-Y. And um, yeah, I'm an open book. I like it. Um, I don't have my notifications on for any of my social medias because I try to be present with my family. So whenever busy. I do, <laughs> doing life. Yeah, that's yeah, right. we're that's doing life. Good. I don't get night. I don't get notifications too. They're like, "Hey, what you doing right now?" It's seven o'clock at night. Uh, I'm still sitting here at a baseball diamond for my ten year old's baseball game. That's what I'm doing right now. I'll call exactly. Exactly. And then, so, so yeah, what about I, shout outs? Let's do some shout outs. Who you got? Oh my gosh! Shout out to my husband. Uh, Timon, you are so amazing. I'm so blessed to have you. I'm so, so thankful. Uh, I don't know what I would do without you, honestly. Um, to my dad, uh, I love him so much because he, you know, God allowed me to be a part of this family so I can be led to where I'm at now through the gift of my dad and seeing the love that he had for music and entertaining. Um, and my siblings, who I love dearly, you know, seeing them go out there and do the darn thing it thrives within us we come together all the time and we share each other's accomplishments failures uh we have our arguments we have our times to make up again and love up on each other and also my nieces and nephews who i love dearly and and um as well as my in-laws they're amazing um my father and my mother-in-law they're very supportive and loving my sister and my sisters and my sister-in-laws and my brother-in-laws they're all amazing and their spouses um, so everyone that is in the immediate family, I'm so blessed by them. And I love you all. Thank you so much. No, thank you so much. And thank you, brother V. No, thank you, sister. Thank you, you for do, taking brother. the time. I know you're, you're here. We're recording early. So you're, you're going to get out and roll out to Hawaii. Uh, many blessings to you and the family and the projects that you have going on out there in the 808. <laughs> Say hello to my home away from home for me. I love the I 808. Shout out. I know me too. And so closing, thank you everybody out there that's tuned in here to Island City where the beach meets the streets on the Coach V Show where iron sharpens iron, together we rise. And it's not just uh, for the sake of success um, that Sisa and I are on this show or doing these type of things, but really for the sake of you being your best. In yes. doing so, you realize the best of your abilities and that <coughs> everything that you dream and work for can be achieved. This is how CISA lives and your boy Coach V, all about faith and family. Grateful for God's amazing grace. Thank you again for tuning into this episode. Until next, Mana Motivation Monday. Your girl, CISA Vai Gray, Uyanga Lele, and your boy Coach V. Until next time, peace.